0: Happy Tuesday, Liberty Kitty Cats. That's right. It is Tuesday. It's a special bonus edition of Lions of Liberty, and we get to do bonus editions like this. We can justify the time thanks to the money we take in from our Patreon supporters over in the Lions of Liberty Pride. If you are not in the Pride, you are missing out on so much early access to a lot of episodes like yesterday's debate between Angela McArdle and Theodore Quinoa over whether the Libertarian Party should be abolished. I think today's guest is pretty much against that one. And there are so many other reasons to join the Pride, including all of our bonus audio and video content, access to our super secret Facebook group. But right now, one of the best perks, of course, is that you get 20% off. Anybody that joins at $5 or higher per month gets 20% off their order at lionsofliberty.store and we have some killer t-shirts right now. We have the Taxation is Death t-shirt and we have the brand new Mr. Miyagi-esque, I guess we will say, uh, Wax On Tax Off t-shirt. These things are flying off the shelves. We're getting great feedback, and I really love how we've been building up this Lions of Liberty brand of t-shirts. So please do head over to lionsofliberty.store, to check out all of our designs, as well as head over to patreon.com of Liberty. Join the pride, support the l- greatest libertarian variety show on earth, and get 20% off your order at the same time. It's a win-win-win-win-win, my friends. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host. Shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. My guest today is known as the Libertarian-in-Chief on Twitter. He briefly dabbled in running for the chairmanship of the Libertarian Party, and he is currently a candidate for the Oklahoma Corporation Commission, whatever the heck that is. I'm very pleased to welcome Todd Hagopian. Todd, are you ready to roar? I am ready to roar. All right, Todd, and uh, you know, I, I've we've been around on Twitter. I've seen you around. Uh, you've been on the the podcast a couple of times. Uh, finally, you are here on Lions of Liberty. Finally, you have ascended to the top of the libertarian podcast <laughs> circuit. So, congratulations on that. Uh, but before we get into everything you're doing out there, whether it's your involvement in, uh, in the Libertarian Party or your current run for. Oklahoma Corporation Commission. That's actually harder to say than it it looks. Uh, Why don't you just give us a little bit of background on yourself, uh, if you could just kind of touch on how you first became interested in politics overall and what eventually led you to calling yourself, well, not just a libertarian, but the libertarian in chief.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, yeah, I was a political science major in college um, and I grew up in Ann Arbor, which is a very, very blue city inside of Michigan. Uh, And I grew up conservative, so I kind of had those sharp elbows. And anytime anyone said anything somewhat liberal, you know, I went nuts on them. And that was kind of how I grew up. So I went way, yeah, (laughs) I went way far to the right. Um, As I uh, grew up in Michigan, I I migrated out to the West Coast of Michigan, out in uh, Justin Amash territory. And I was out, out in that area when he started his run. Um, And that's really what introduced me to libertarianism. Um, And of course, he was a libertarian Republican. Right around that time was the Ron Paul Republican Libertarian. At that point, I honestly didn't even know there was a Libertarian party. All the Libertarians I knew were Republicans, uh, so I just became a Libertarian Republican. Um, And it wasn't until I got to Ohio that I actually uh, found the party. And it wasn't until Donald Trump got the nomination that I officially made the switch. So I'm actually relatively new. It was just four years ago that I changed my registration to Libertarian. Um, the Libertarian-in-Chief was just a tongue-in-cheek moniker. Uh, and, and really how it started, it's kind of a funny story. When I changed to Libertarian, I learned a lot about the party And I realized that even people like me who were into politics and knew about libertarian Republicans didn't know about this party. So I made it libertarian and cheap. And then I started putting out tweets that just said, as president, I would. And then I took portions of the platform and put it into the tweet. And people would retweet it like crazy like, oh, I love this guy. I love these ideas that he's coming up with. And I'm like, no, they're not ideas. They're the platform. You know, there's an actual political party out here.
0: I'm just copying and pasting.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And that's literally all I did. And and it was supposed to be kind of a short-term thing right up until the election just to get, you know, Gary Johnson something some attention on what libertarian was and it just kind of became a thing. And then I kept it afterwards and, and, and I went from, you know, 8,000 followers at the time to like 40,000 followers now. So
0: just by retweeting the platform, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and by and by getting in the mix, as is of course you have uh, over these yeah. couple of years here. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, what, why would, did you actually take that step and say, you know, you mentioned it was after Donald Trump uh, got elected or yeah. got nominated, I guess, uh, that you decided, all right, I'm I'm done with this Republican thing. Um, why did you decide that the Libertarian Party, despite the fact that it's hard to point to a lot of electoral successes, at least on the national level, uh, really any on the national level, why did you decide this is the place I'm going to go, this is the place I'm going to be, uh, despite the fact that it might be more an uphill battle to kind of operate in in a much smaller party well it had
1: been probably three elections in a row where i hadn't had a single um single candidate that i was really excited about um and i i honestly wasn't a ron paul guy uh during during i knew he wasn't going to win you know what i mean so i had looked at the mccains and the romneys and i wasn't excited and i and then and then i tried to get behind ted cruz i tried to you know, play ball and say, okay, you know, there are certain things his five for freedom plan is kind of libertarian. You know what I mean? Even though he wants to, you know, strip bomb all these people and stuff. And and you know and I at the end to of the talk day yourself
0: I, into it, huh? Exactly. At the end of the day
1: I was just listening to some of the arguments I was making and 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 how often I had to defend things that I didn't like or say, yes, I get it, but here's his good side. You know, and when I realized when I started reading the other platforms, um, I was like, all right, there's you know, there's only good side over here. There's mostly good side over here. Not to mention uh, when they nominated Donald Trump. I just knew every time this happens, right, every time a new leader of the party is nominated, everyone migrates towards their view, Mm -hmm. uh, just like Obamacare and all that stuff. And and so as he got nominated, it became clear where the Republicans were going and they were going nowhere near uh, where I was planning on being
0: comfortable so so uh other than the twitter account and, and all the, the retweeting of the platform uh what was it like for you getting directly involved in the libertarian party did you start showing up at local meetings i mean uh what did you find yeah. your reception was when this former republican here starts showing up uh, yeah. the guy used to be running around owning the libs and now here he is in our party you know what, what's this guy's deal yeah. so how, how did you find yeah. your reception from people
1: yeah it wasn't very uh wasn't very friendly at really? the beginning and I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna call anybody out there was a lot of miscommunication, I think, but I tried to get involved in Ohio. It didn't work out. That's how I'll put it. Um, whether I tried to get too involved too fast, and there was a trust issue, or or whether I I missed an email or they missed an email, whatever, it didn't get it didn't get worked out. Um, and then uh, and then my boy had some had some health issues at the time, and I, I backed off at that point. When I came to Oklahoma, though. I really found a home in the Libertarian Party, and that was just over two years ago now. Um, Really linked up with Chris Powell, who was our gubernatorial candidate, uh, some of the other folks in Oklahoma, um, and got involved in the actual parties. Now I'm the Tulsa Regional Chair. I'm on the Oklahoma Executive Committee. I was a delegate that went to Orlando. Um, and so here in Oklahoma, I've really found a good presence and, and really like the people here. And we're doing some great things. Just got ballot access back in 16, growing dramatically over the last uh, four years. My race will get us ballot access through 2024. Um, so we're really doing some really cool things here. So I I'm not. Um, I think I, I went about it the wrong way in Ohio and we didn't mesh. But here in Oklahoma, it's it's been really good.
0: Did you just come in a little little too fast and hard in Ohio? I know in the Libertarian I, Party, there's yeah. there's always this sense of, you know, this is our club. And there is a certain mistrust sometimes if someone comes in directly from another party with all these grand yeah. things they want to do. People say, well, whoa, whoa, what's true. this guy's deal? Well, who is That's guy? exactly what happened. That's <laughs>
1: essentially exactly what happened. I mean, <clears throat> they had an open position. I said I wanted it. Um, you know, it was a big position, like uh, some kind of um, field coordinator or something like that. You know, they had nobody else, and they said no to me because you know, it was, I was like, okay, you, you're not going to fill the position. there there's nobody
0: I, over you. I mean, yeah.
1: So it was like I got beat by Noda. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that, that,
0: that is something that can happen in the Libertarian Party. Nothing yeah. is always an option.
1: Yeah, and now you know, I didn't leave the party. I just decided to. I talked to Larry Sharp actually around that time, and I asked him like, what. You know, what should I be doing? And he goes, well, there's all different kinds of ways to help. And you just got to find your spot. And I, I said at that point, you know, if, if, the, if the party doesn't want to play ball with me, I'll just do my thing on Twitter and I'll I'll spread the word. And now I'm up to, you know, 50 million views a year of um, uh, people that are seeing the tweets and reading what I have to say. And I think, I think you know, if nothing else, I'm getting the word out there for the party.
0: So. I'm curious what brought you to uh, Oklahoma from Ohio. I'm sh- I, I assume it wasn't just to ch- to find a different libertarian party <laughs> to, to join up with.
1: I was running a company for Illinois Tool Works, which is a conglomerate that had a company in Ohio. Uh, so I was running a company in Ohio. And then a former boss came and asked me to run a company in Oklahoma. Um, And so I went to work for Berkshire Hathaway, actually. uh, So Warren Buffett and a company in Oklahoma. And I ran that for a couple of years, Uh, recently left and just bought my own business here in Oklahoma. Um, So now I'm going to be here for the foreseeable future.
0: Right on, right on. So let's talk a little bit about this race here that you're running in. Uh, Let's see. Let's see if I can say it again. Oklahoma Corporation Commission. These aren't hard words, but for some reason, it just doesn't doesn't flow. (laughs) It doesn't flow off the tongue. Uh, Why? Well, first of all, what is an Oklahoma Corporation Commission?
1: Yeah. So almost every state has one of these, uh, but most states are not as important. So Oklahoma Corporation Commission uh, regulates all of the industries that they consider in the public good. And that includes things like oil and gas, transportation, public utilities. Uh, And of course, being Oklahoma, oil and gas is huge. It encompasses about 25% of the uh, employment in the state. So it's really a huge commission. And the regulations that they put in place affect almost every Oklahoman and, and a majority of the workers.
0: Gotcha. So why did you decide to run for this position? You mentioned it was a ballot access race. Was it is it really just about ballot access or is there something about this position that you said, well, maybe I could actually do something good in here?
1: Yeah, well, we were actually we were following this race close uh, for ballot access. We knew that if we had at that time, we didn't know who our nominee was going to be. Um, we didn't know if we were going to get two and a half percent on the presidential you know, race or not in Oklahoma, so, uh, and which is what we would have needed. So we said we need somebody to run in this race and get two and a half percent. And then as it became clear in Oklahoma, they only have like three days of filing. And so you can see who's filing as it became clear that no Democrat was going to jump in. <clears throat> we were kind of holding back our cards, watching the race. And when no Democrat was going to jump in, we said, OK, now we need somebody who can actually go out there, fundraise, get aggressive, and try and win this thing. Um, And and a few of the guys pulled together some money, and we found a way to get me the filing fee real quick. And I I put in basically the last day, just so the Democrats wouldn't come in and try and get somebody, and it ended up being a one-on-one race, which is a really huge opportunity for us. A, it guarantees we get 2.5%. B, it puts us into a position where we might be able to set the third-party record in Oklahoma.
0: Wow. So this is uh, it was just you and, and another Republican one on one. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, there are so many people that are just going to not vote for a Republican or not vote for a Democrat. Uh, but in this case, a Republican that you're you're almost, like you said, guaranteed to get that ballot access. So uh, yeah. congratulations. I don't want to jinx anything, but.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're expecting one point two or one point three million voters. Um, and so we're going to blow that away. And and that third party record in Oklahoma is only about two hundred seventy one thousand votes. Um, so we're planning on blowing through that too.
0: So, And then is that ballot access applies to like any, you know, all libertarian party positions that might yep. that anybody might run for in the next what, two yep. years or uh, four,
1: years. four years. Yep. So we'll be, we'll be set all the way through 2024, which is huge. It gets us on the, um, so basically the next presidential race, we don't have to do anything to be on the ballot. Um, and also not that I advocate straight party t- uh, voting because I don't, I think it's terrible, but even, our ballot now has libertarian party as one of the options for straight ticket voting um so i mean we're we're one of the three uh that has ballot access in the state
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I mean, you told us what the commission is, but what, what sort of things do they actually do? I have to imagine that most of what this commission actually does in reality is probably not good for most businesses or is good Mm -hmm. for, I would imagine, certain businesses, perhaps the politically connected ones. If I, if I have any idea of how politics can work sometimes. (laughs) That's exactly right.
1: Um, So the commission, for example, will, um, will look at price increases for utilities. So the utilities always come and say, Hey, we need to invest in your state. And even though you've given us a monopoly, we now need you to raise prices on all of your people. Uh, so that's one huge one that's on there right now is og e is coming and asking for an $800 million price increase. They will they tell them
0: to for. raise prices?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They they come and say, we're going to invest in Oklahoma and we need you to pay for it. And we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is not how it works. And the example I like to use is the very first iPhone was four gigabytes four gigabytes or megabyte, I can't remember, but four, right? And the iPhone 6 Plus was 128. Seven years later, they were the exact same price. In the free market, companies have to innovate in cost and deliver a better product for the same price. Mm -hmm. In a monopoly, these companies can just come and say, if you want us to invest in your state, you will have to pay for it. So that we can maintain the exact product margin, and in fact, get better because they're investing in the state, obviously lowering their cost, um, and that's what's happening. So that's one thing. And Then there's other things like what you were saying, where they put regulations in place that affect one subsegment of an industry more than another. And so they'll do things like there's horizontal drilling and there's and there's vertical drilling. Okay, they'll do things like they'll limit the amount of um, vertical drilling that can be done. That, and it benefits the horizontal drillers or vice versa, or they'll limit the amount of drilling that can be done in a certain zone because of earthquakes, and that hurts X companies instead of the big companies who are everywhere. All the small companies go out of business, you know, and, and these kinds of things. And so, my platform is really cut the red tape, stop letting government pick winners and losers, and put Oklahoma back to work. And it kind of encompasses all of that.
0: Yeah, you have a cool little ad uh, that was pretty well produced that I saw that you put out. Uh, I saw it on your Twitter, and uh, I really like your slogan: "Legalize Success." That's that's really yeah. interesting. Are you? <laughs> I'm curious if you're when you're out there on the campaign trail, uh, speaking to people out there. Do do you find that people that you meet actually know what this commission is, or even have an idea what they're doing, or is this in some ways an educational campaign, kind of showing people like not only does this thing exist, but look at the kind of crap they do. <laughs>
1: Most, uh, I would say most Oklahomans respond with, oh, that's the corrupt one, right? <laughs> that's the, and that's you're the like, commission. Yes, that, it,
0: well, it's all yeah. the corrupt ones, so it's kind of a trick yeah. question. But yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that's the commission. Uh, they basically are the best paid commissioners is, in Oklahoma is how people view them. There was a case in the 90s um, where, where an Oklahoma Corporation commissioner actually went to prison for taking a bribe and making a vote. And then, what did the commission do afterwards? They did not even overturn the vote that was bribed on. It's still in place today. The guy I'm running against, um, the guy I'm running against actually voted. He was the deciding vote to not rehear the case. And at and the briber, is now his number one contributor. I mean, this is, it's disgusting. Like this entire commission is just, this guy went $200,000 in debt in his last campaign. He had 120 days to come up with that money uh, through new donations. Otherwise, he was gonna be out the money. So literally what happens in his first 120 days in office, oil and gas companies give him 000, or sorry, $200,000 in cash in his first 120 days in office, right before he votes on regulations for the next six years, <laughs> it's like,
0: so, so you get a sense from people, it sounds like, that there is some kind of at least sort of background knowledge that this thing is a, is a corrupt institution. They all know that yes. they're kind of doing crony things, but... Every year, I imagine the same people or the same kind of people still get in because you know, the, I imagine the Republican machine there is so strong and has so much money and yep. advertising that despite the fact that there might be a good number of people that say, this is corrupt, this is corrupt. There's enough people that just go Republican and then these people are going to get in every time. So how do you yep. combat that? How do you combat that out there when so many people and there's a problem with I think with the concept of straight ticket voting? Maybe it's a problem with the concept of voting. That's a whole other idea. But uh, people are just going to go and kind of mindlessly click those boxes. I mean, how, how do you compete with that?
1: Yeah, the biggest issue that I run into is there's about 600,000 voting Republicans, maybe a little more, and about 75% of them will vote um, straight ticket. And that's the biggest issue I have, so that people actually will um, will not even come down and look at the different races. So what I've been trying to do is get across to the Republicans, I am the most conservative person in the race. Uh, i'm the most conservative corporation commissioner candidate and to the democrats it's i'm not todd hyatt
0: <laughs> i'm not a republican what more do you want from me
1: i am not the guy who voted you know to to let the bribery go i'm not the guy who has campaign fraud allegations i'm not the guy who broke his his oath to office um and, and you're a legitimate businessman
0: who I assume I yeah. don't know if how you've been directly affected by this corporation but I'm sure you you know you run into enough of this stuff that you've seen this firsthand yeah. in, in many ways in your your business activities.
1: Yeah, and that's what the ad says right is that I I've never I've run small companies, I've run big companies. I know exactly what happens when regulations are in place and what they or what regulations when companies don't know what regulations are coming and what they do is they stop investing. And that's when Uh, everything goes to hell. So for example, 36% of people in Oklahoma have lost income during COVID. Now, Oklahoma barely got hit by COVID. So why did they lose income? Because oil and gas went to hell, right? And oil and gas went to hell because nobody knew what was going on. You know, is oil and gas going to stay at 10 bucks? Are they going to stop letting us drill? We were talking about putting in drilling limits like OPEC in Oklahoma. You're going to make an OPEC in Oklahoma. Well, of course they're not going to go out and hire five thousand people because suddenly they're going to have to lay everybody off.
0: Let's uh, just uh, you know do a little visualization for a second. I know I know that it's a, it's a high mountain to climb, but let's say. Uh, the, the the best possibility happens enough people say yeah you know what I am fed up with this this garbage this system we're just going to toss some votes to ha- Todd Hagopian and let's say you actually won this position how as a libertarian would you operate in a position that is basically just an institution of crony capitalism so how would you find yourself navigating I mean what what actions could you actually take as a commissioner I suppose maybe just like you know voting against the vote to you know not overturn what was known to be a corrupt vote could be you know one, one kind of thing but what sort of day to day activities could you actually do to to make this a i guess a more libertarian institution or maybe a better word would be just less less crony capitalist
1: (laughs) well here's the good thing this commission actually only has three people on it okay so if you win a seat here you're one third of the votes um one of the guys that's on the commission already is fairly libertarian i'd say he's a stalwart republican but he's a really um let's put it this way he's got the anti-fraud anti-government portion of libertarian down he's a pretty solid Republican. Um, What I think will end up happening if I get this role is he and I will always team up on anything that looks like fraud or anything that needs to be investigated or anything that that doesn't smell right. He and I will always be teamed up. I will be a no vote on almost everything. It has to pass two tests for me. One, it has to actually be vital for public safety, not just be a soundbite. And two, it needs to be written in a way that it doesn't benefit one company over another. Now, my guess is less than one percent of regulations will pass those two tests. So I'll be a hard no vote, and I'll be able to go out every day and talk about why I'm voting, what, how I'm voting. I'm envisioning it like the Justin Amash, where you talk about every single vote. I've got a pretty wide platform on Facebook and Twitter and social media, and I'll be putting that out there and calling people out. I'll be safe for six years. I can call these commissioners out every day and be like, that person just, you know, the guy that I just told you about, the guy I'm running against, he literally didn't let a vote come to the floor to ban taking bribes this year. One of the other commissioners wanted to put a vote on the floor to ban the commissioners from taking bribes, and this guy said no, and it got one article in Oklahoma.
0: <laughs> so, well, if he votes on it, he has to say I mean, you can't, right. it's hard to vote yes on bribes, but he can't really vote yeah. no on bribes because that's what he does. Right. So. right. so he just didn't let it come to the floor. So, <laughs> so I, I kind of portrayed it as a bit of a fantasy there. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can actually get the traction going here and maybe you can inform enough people about about this guy. I mean, he sounds super, super transparently corrupt. Uh, I, yep. What I mean, have you seen any kind of polling? I mean, do you think you have some kind of chance to actually you know take this seat overall? Yeah,
1: I mean, we, we're we feeling really good about where we're at. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of polling in Oklahoma City in October. So we've talked to them, and they're going to do a little polling. That is a place that I have to win in order to win it. How it's going to end up looking if I win is Oklahoma City and Tulsa will go to me. Everybody else will go to him, and it'll just be a crapshoot to see if we get to 50.1. Um, but this is what I can tell you. This guy's website isn't working. He just playing. So every every year, the Corporation Commission is decided in the primary. The Democrats don't have a chance. The independents don't have a chance. So he stopped doing his website. He's not filling out any of the surveys. He's getting nailed in the press over campaign finance allegations, over oath of office allegations, over bribery allegations. And he's just basically trying to shut up and stay out of the news. Because every time he's in the news, it's for stealing something. So he's just he's trying to stay out. And, and I think if you type his name into Facebook today, all it is, all it'll come up is me blasting him or articles about me. Same thing with Twitter. And if you type in Todd Hyatt versus Todd Gopian, you know, at least 50 percent of the articles are about me. So we're winning the game as these ballots go out to people and they're doing their initial research. Um, we've got a chance. I'd say we got a chance. I, my gut, my gut tells me we're going to be in the high thirties, high 30% when it's all said and done. Uh, but I'm not ruling out a nice surge here towards the end. It's
0: a little risky. You got two Todd H's running there. <laughs> that, I know, and that that can
1: be good or bad, yeah, but it it go either
0: way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you might want them to have the right Todd or you might want them to have the wrong Todd. Right. We don't know. <laughs> Uh, speaking of different Todd's, <laughs> uh, I, I recently saw a meme to, to lighten the mood a little bit. Not that it's been a non-light mood, but I recently saw a funny meme. You're a big fan of memes. You actually put out a call to action for Todd Hagopian memes. So if anybody out there is a meme maker, you know, go find some pictures. There's there's pictures of Todd all over the place. And I saw a really funny one. I think it said, like, Todd Hagopian before the Libertarian yeah. Party and showed your old picture. And then Todd Hagopian after the Libertarian Party. And it shows how you look right now with the – you know, you got the beard. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very different look than you had before. You look a lot – I don't know a lot a lot tougher maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> A lot more hardened. It funny. It's, um, it's uh i actually made that meme believe it or not
1: uh, and, and i have not ever made a meme before but people were asking me like is that really you is it you know they were and so i put them side by side i didn't this know it was you at first i was like is that really, really? i
0: think
1: it. <laughs> this is really um other than the mustache i had the goatee um for years and years and years when i was a wrestler and i know a lot of people are like you look like a wrestler yeah i was before like 80 pounds ago i was a wrestler you know um and so uh you yeah a collegiate
0: uh, type wrestler to be clear that stuff.
1: i wrestled usa wrestling for a, a long time um got my ass kicked by some some people that other wrestlers will have heard of you know what i mean that kind of thing um but uh yeah it was uh so i got laid off this summer i decided to grow a beard um, and, uh, and as I went through it, I was asking Twitter, you know, does this look okay, blah, blah, blah. And I finally went to the barber and said, Hey, I'm about to do this TV commercial. I want you to make this look good. And if you can't just shave it off. <laughs> and they made it look good. And and I'm stuck with it. <laughs> so.
0: All right. All right. Uh, Todd, I did want to talk about uh, something else that like I mentioned uh, briefly at the top of the show, you did briefly dip your toe in the water of running for the chairmanship of the Libertarian Party. I'm not sure exactly how, how long you were doing that for. Maybe it was a, a month or yeah. two. I don't think it was too long. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, why did you decide uh, to to dive in and try to run for that position? What what were you seeing out there that you said that that you thought you could fill? And then why did you not too long after that decide? Well, maybe not right now.
1: Yeah. And it's a good question. I I. I still believe everything that I said when I was going out there, and it was really going after professionalizing the party, which I don't think anybody would argue against, that we need uh, national branding, and then focus on local elections. Um, And so those were my three things that I was talking about. I still believe that we have to do all three of those things. Uh, um, I believe that Josh and uh, Joe both kind of encompass some of those things at the time. I didn't, which is why I jumped in. I didn't think that there was a candidate that was talking about the right things. Um, and as I started talking to the activists around and, and meeting the delegates and calling the delegates, I just realized there wasn't going to be enough support out there. Um, and there were people that wanted an explanation about why I was not involved up until 2018 in a heavy way. And I was not willing to talk about my son from 2016 to 2018, which was a tough time. In his life, and my life, it wasn't worth it for me to have to answer those questions. And it wasn't fair to the activists to not have them get those answers. So what I ended up doing is I said, you know what? I'm going to take my own advice. I'm going to run a local race, see if I can win. And so I ran a school board race and got my ass kicked. And I was like, wow, that really, really sucked. Um, how about I do a bigger race and see if that one goes better? And so uh, so yeah, so we ended up here at the Oklahoma Corporation Commission. So it was, I, I tried to follow my own advice and say, okay, can I really brand liberty? Can I get out there and show people that a libertarian can win? What I always tell people is libertarians are constantly told that they have to be less libertarian. To get more votes. But what I want to do in this campaign is get more votes by being a true libertarian. And that's what I've stayed true to. You've seen it on social media. You know, I don't shy away from throwing libertarian right in everyone's face. Uh, And and believe me, if I get any traction, that'll get thrown back at me in the news. You know, a million tweets will come up uh, about me on all these issues, and that's fine. But I want to show people that we can win these races by telling people what libertarianism is all
0: about. I mean, that's one thing that came up in the debate that I just hosted here uh, with Angela McCardle and uh, Theodore from crowdfunded government, who is advocating for abolishing the LP altogether. Uh, <laughs> just with the idea that, you know, it's, it's a it, your libertarian party spends so much time uh, really, you know, trying to fight an uphill battle, whereas you know, he would argue that they can just go in and work in the Republican Party, Democratic Party, and just have that much more chance to get power. Um, what would you say to that idea? <clears throat> Part of that idea being that the word libertarian is just such a turnoff to so many people, um, most because they just re- don't really understand what it means because they often just believe kind of characters of what they see and characterizations of what they've seen out there about what a libertarian really is. Do you find that you, you fight that uphill battle uh, being a libertarian and being in the libertarian party, or do you find it freeing because you can actually go out there and just say exactly what you believe and not worry about you know what a bunch of yeah. Republicans or a bunch of Democrats are going to think?
1: Yeah, I find it much more freeing. And I have heard that argument a million times. And if you look back in history, it just hasn't worked, right? The, the most popular libertarians in history inside the Republican Party have failed. Ron Paul never got the nomination, you know what I mean? He he continued to get elected as a, as a congressman. Justin Amash, as soon as he came out and basically said, yes, I'm libertarian and proud, even before he entered the party, Just started standing up to Trump, he was dead in the water. You know, Rand Paul um, tries real hard to stick to his libertarian principles. But if he doesn't throw Trump a a fish every now and then and go all hardcore national security and anti-Russia, you know, or something like that, then Trump, Trump will start hitting on him. Mike Lee has been targeted. You know, I mean, all these guys have been targeted. They there is no Austin Peterson goes and decides to run as a Republican. And in in a state where he should have done well, and the money machine just comes in and destroys him, you know. Um, there's just no proven time where that has actually worked. And the Libertarian Party is growing. We went from 500,000 votes four elections ago to 4 million votes last election. We are growing, and Libertarian Republicans are shrinking. You know, Paul's out, Amash is out. You know. Other people are, are starting to lean more towards the MAGA than Libertarian. Uh, I just don't, I see more promise in staying with the Libertarian strategy.
0: Do you think, and you, and you mostly advocate for you know, running at the local level, so this, this isn't necessarily the direction you're, you're going, but do you think that over time um, that libertarians, big L libertarians can actually have an impact on the national level? I mean, we do have the first libertarian congressman right now, but uh, he's just kind of, you know, he's going to be gone in a couple months and, and so will that L. So, I mean, what are the odds that the libertarian party can actually fight this machine of the big two parties to the point they can actually get in some sort of national level of power? Yeah, I mean, I
1: think what it's going to end up taking, of course, is some kind of implosion with one of the other two parties. That's the only way that there's ever been a new party coming out or a massive injunction or in, in uh, injection of money from somebody inside the Libertarian Party. Those are the only two real ways that the Libertarians will be big on the national stage. I think we need to focus on state races and local races. And take over, you know, not take over and take charge of towns and show people what libertarian towns look like, show people what libertarian sheriffs look like, show people what libertarian commissions look like. And I think people will start to understand, you know, we're not that scary. You know, it, it's not scary to have more rights. It's good to have more rights, you know. And then we can start talking about the rest. But like I always said when I was running for chair. You're not going to get president before you get your first senator. You're not going to get your first senator before you get your first state rep. You're not going to get your first state rep before you get your first mayor. And so we've gotten a couple of mayors now. So let's focus on that and then move up to state reps and go up from there.
0: Well, maybe it's all going to really start with the first libertarian. Oklahoma. <laughs> damn it. I got to look again. Oklahoma Corporation <laughs> Commission. There we go.
1: Oklahoma it would be the Commission. first statewide. It would be the first statewide win for the Libertarian Party in history. So this so could actually be historic a big for
0: you. This could actually it be could very be. historic. Yeah. yeah. All right, Todd. Well, for all the Oklahomans out there, or even anybody who's not an Oklahoman who might just want to support your campaign in some way, why well, just give everybody the roundup of how they can find, obviously, they can find the Libertarian Chief. I think it's at is it at, at Todd Hugopian uh, yeah. on Twitter. And then, of course, uh, you know where, let them know where they can find all your campaign uh, website, material, everything you got.
1: Yeah, sure. So at Todd Hagopian at Twitter, uh, www.toddhagopian.com. And then Todd Hagopian for Corporation Commission on Facebook. Those are pretty much the three. And then I got a YouTube out there for Todd Hagopian for Corporation Commission as well.
0: Awesome, Todd. Well, uh, I have a feeling that Oklahoma com- Corporation Commissioner or not, uh, it really shouldn't be that hard to say, it, but for some reason it really is uh, Oklahoma Corporation Commissioner or not, I have a feeling you're going to be sticking around uh, vocally and publicly as a libertarian for a long time to come, so I'm sure it will cross paths again. And I wish you the best of luck in your race. I'm really excited to check it out. Um, you know, ho- I never thought I'd be excited about Oklahoma Commissioner campaign before, but I am now, so I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I would love to see you win this race, but if not, looks like you're going to make a pretty big impact either way, so I think for, for that uh, it's worth doing regardless so thank you so much uh, for your time Todd wish you the best of luck keep up the great work keep on roaring great I really appreciate it all right, kitty cats, I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Todd Hagopian. He was a blast to talk to. I've been tweeting around with him for, um, got a year or so, probably, at this point. So it was great to finally uh, speak to him. And this is a bonus episode. I appreciate the extra time you have dedicated to listening to an Extra lines of Liberty episode this week. So I will respect your time and keep this thing short. But just don't forget to tune in to Electric Liberty Land tomorrow with Brian McWilliams. And, of course, wrap up your week with Felony Friday, John Odermatt's hard-hitting weekly look at the broken Criminal justice system. And of course, don't forget, check out our amazing t shirt line over at lionsofliberty.store. You got to get this wax on tax off shirt, guys. It's it's freaking awesome. I have to say so myself. Uh, Of course, you will get a 20% discount if you do the smart thing and support the greatest libertarian variety show on earth, Lions of Liberty, on Patreon by joining the Pride at patreon.com slash lions of liberty until tomorrow until brian slaps you upside the head with his wackiness and mispronunciations and anger and all sorts of things on electric liberty land until then my friends i bid you adieu and i ask only that you please live long and live free